The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hear ye, hear ye. Actually, I don't know what the hell that has to do with um, this show at all today, but welcome to Retro Pop. My name is Matt Johnson, and I am joined by my good pal, um, my man from um, the other side of the 13 colonies. Does that work, too? I mean, works, yeah. But is it like... When I hear side, I I figure like left to right, not like up to down. <laughs> yes, I get your side. You know what I mean? You're up toward the top of the 13, and I'm toward the bottom of the 13th, though. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We are. Hello, Johnny. How are you? I am I am doing pretty good. Order in the court. I don't know what that has to do with anything either, but maybe because I get it in a way because who we're talking about today is a founding father and when you think of that generation you think of the white wigs yes that they would wear and that automatically makes you think of a courthouse in a weird it, way it does <laughs> yeah I, I don't know why yeah I, I i i don't know why i went for that um i was trying to you know we try to do these creative openings and i was just yeah. like and we're uh, have a hundred percent success rate so far was so good. Nobody's complained about him. So not a single person complains. That's either really good or really bad. So um, <laughs> probably the latter. Today that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> today we are talking about one of my favorite presidents uh, in U.S. history, one that's often forgotten uh, to time, and uh, in in James Monroe, the fifth president of the United States, and the last of the uh, last founding father president, and last of the. Uh, Virginia dynasty and yeah. somebody who I've been fascinated with for uh, quite some time. Finally got to read a book on him this year and I'm excited to elaborate on, um, on this great president. So uh, yeah, it's pretty wild and I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's very wild. How, just how many incredibly famous people when it comes to history came out of Virginia, that yeah. early Virginia it's, it, it is quite a few as they it's say. it's a lot I mean, they were just uh you know a, a rough and tough bunch you know just uh yeah. you know great warriors great intellectuals um yeah virginia is like that that like the rock behind the revolution i would dare so say obviously with with the four of the first five presidents coming out of there as well as i mean just so many other great minds um in u.s history so yeah Shout out to Virginia. Shout out to Virginia. Nice place. I love Virginia yeah. Beach. Great place. North Carolina's hat. Yeah. It is, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah it is. West Virginia. I'm sure they like being called that. So we try, yeah, it is sure. I'm trying to remember the driving route we take to Disney. Yeah, you get through oh. Virginia first. <laughs> and then yeah, us. and then yeah. new. And North oddly, Carolina's they're north little... of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very weird. Yeah. North Carolina, not a fun drive all the way through the state. It's very long. It is a very long state. We're very proud of how long we are. <laughs> we pride ourselves on our length. I've seen not it. so much the width, <laughs> but the length is very impressive. No, it's not very good side to side, but <laughs> long ways. Yeah, we got to take a picture of ourselves from a certain angle. But when we do, <laughs> it's pretty impressive at times. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Well, let us head on into our personal history with President James Monroe. All right. Uh, so my history with James Monroe, I've always been pretty fascinated with with U.S. presidents, U.S. history. I remember yeah, this weird little thing I had back in the like fourth or fifth grade. It was like this laminated piece of paper that had pictures of every U.S. president. And on the back side of it had a little bit of information about where their home state was, a little blurb when they ran. So I knew of James Monroe for a certain amount of time, but it never really like the fascination never really was there. Um, I went to college at a uh, at a place in, in Rochester, New York called Monroe Community College. And uh, and come to find out that the name of that college and the name of that county stemmed from James Monroe. So it's just, a, it's a nice last name. I don't know what, like what it is. It's just such a, a fun last name to pronounce. It's smooth. I get it's, it, you just have words that you just enjoy saying, or they just have a little bit of regality uh, when you pronounce them. And I've always found that with Monroe. Um, so for the last 10, 11 years, I have been absolutely fascinated uh, with this president looking up his history um, reading up anything I can, you know, I learned a little bit about his policies before I even read, um, a little bit more about him. But this past January, I was really, really excited celebrating my, uh, four year wedding anniversary with the wife. Uh, we decided let's go to Barnes and Noble. Let's spend a bunch of money on books and, uh, that'll be our wedding or our anniversary gift to each other. And at last I finally found a wonderful biography 600 plus pages or so 600 700 pages of james monroe very very well detailed very very well done uh i wish i had the book out in front of me i for i think it's like tim mcgrath or tim mcgraw no it's definitely not tim mcgraw that's a country music <laughs> tim mcgrath uh, he's the one who talked about my daddy taking me fishing <laughs> i was only eight years old <laughs> and uh uh, yeah, I I blew that one. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Tim McGraw. I'm probably still wrong. 
um or tim mcgraw god dang it uh <laughs> it's gotta be tim mcgraw if it's not tim mcgraw i'm gonna be really upset all right now i now i gotta look this up because i'm pissed <laughs> what if it's billy ray sounds <laughs> <laughs> written by billy ray cyrus i'm, I'm be pissed tim mcgrath mcgrath yeah i knew i was almost right yeah 754 pages great read loved it um and it was just so fascinating to learn about this character in depth that history has often forgotten because I feel like it's not like it's it we're predisposed to do it, but everybody gravitates towards like the the those big name presidents, right? The uh your George Washingtons, your Thomas Jeffersons, uh I think in some cases and Andrew Jackson, uh Andrew uh Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, JFK. Uh, you know, and, and various, you know, those big name presidents. And then there's some that just slip through the cracks. And even in history class, you kind of just gloss over their, their tenure, their legacy. And it's weird. And I'm, I'm more interested in those. I mean, of course I'm interested in all the presidents, but I'm more interested in those ones that slip through the cracks than I am. Um, those big name ones. I just picked up a book on Calvin Coolidge, who was like probably one of the most forgotten oh. presidents of twentieth oh. century. It was his, Silent Cal. Yeah. Silent Cal. It was his, actually his own biography. I like I, it. I just legit when I was recording with Andrew yesterday for the Nostalgia Funhouse. Check that out if you're so inclined. Uh, I brought up the story about Calvin Coolidge, where there's this very famous story about him, and this kind of goes into my love of history in general. And I really love interesting facts about famous people in history. But uh, he was called Silent Cow because he didn't like to talk, it seemed. And he was at a party one time, and his two people came up to him. And this one person goes, hey, I bet my friend here that he could get you uh, to speak more than two words. And Calvin Coolidge looks at him and goes, you lose, and walks away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Oh, I love Calvin. I, I love yeah. it. It's yeah. fascinating. But yeah, when it comes to James Monroe, I think there's a lot when it comes to that era, the founding fathers era, and he gets lost in, in the cracks because it's in the same time as George Washington, you know, Thomas Jefferson, even ones who aren't presidents like Benjamin Franklin, these big names in history, these titans when it comes to historical figures, and he's there. You know, and he just gets lost to it because his name isn't John Adams or or any of those, despite the fact that he was there for all of it. And he, I mean, we'll get, I'm sure you'll get into it for sure, but he's such, he's been, he was there at a lot of these major events in early, early American history and quite, uh, I mean, from a young age too, by the way, uh, I remember um, I've always loved history growing up. I was always fascinated with it. And I feel like I may have seen that same laminated thing you're talking about in my school. Because I most certainly remember it was like a big poster and it was laminated and they hung it up. And it was either in the classroom or the library, I can't remember. But it had all the presidents up till then. And it would tell their name, obviously. And it had them in the order in which they were president. But it also would say like where they're from. Give like a little fact about their presidency. Yeah. Something like that. And I remember just looking at that, man, I got to learn more about these people because they were fascinating to me. And James Monroe was one that I was very aware of the name, 
I knew some stuff like the Monroe Doctrine, which I'm sure we'll get into. But, you know, I confess that he was, for me, one of those that did fall through the cracks when it comes to the amount of knowledge I have about him. So I was very excited to do this so I could add to that. I do really, truly like learning about historical figures. And he's, with when it comes to any of these uh, historical figures from that time, he, it's complicated, right? It's not just, uh, oh, this person was great. Like, I'm currently uh, uh, reading more about George Washington, right? And that whole thing about he never lies. Guess what? He freaking lied all the time. Oh, yeah. There's so much stuff that's been just blown out of proportion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. bad. And that's not to take away from all the great stuff he did. But uh, to say he didn't lie, <laughs> guess what? Uh, the dude uh, uh, was lying all the time. By the way, but, something too that hurts a lot of people's feel maybe hurts a lot of people's feelings. Not a great general, <laughs> not the best general. He's it's, good. It's he also was, complicated. Yes, very. When complicated. When it comes to that, we do, we got to do a, a episode about him at some point. It's very for complicated. Sure. I mean, he was like six two, so during this era, he was super tall Giant, for back then. Yeah. Uh, still not our tallest president. Still Abraham Lincoln is uh, six four, six five ish. But it's just. You know, when it comes to Monroe, I think you're right. He's one of those that gets lost in time, despite the fact that he really was an incredibly important figure to American history. So very excited to talk about this and to perhaps even learn more than I have learned from the documentary. I watched about like three documentaries on YouTube on him and read quite a few articles about him. So I'm very, uh, very excited to talk some James Monroe and learn more. Yeah, this should be a good one, everybody. I'm super excited. Without further ado, let us head into the history of James Monroe. All right, our subject today, James Monroe was born on April 28th, 1758 in Westmoreland County, Virginia. Um, He was born to his uh, father, Spence, and mother, Elizabeth. And uh, very early on in his uh, his upbringing, his parents passed away. Um, His mother passed away in 1772. And his father in 1774, and very so very early on, um, while James was enrolled in school and trying to get an education, which you know uh, the education system was very very differently uh, back in those days. If you can, it's, an, even it's call very it early, yeah, it's very early. On top of that, and it's also another thing you'll notice when it comes to these uh, these presidents up through Lincoln's time, even of having a parent, at least one parent pass away when they're yeah. young. And that kind of changes their trajectory one way or another. Lincoln was lucky enough to have a stepmom come in who really cared about his education and encouraged him to read. And that really helped him. Uh, Monroe is fascinating in that uh, his he's born to a, at that time, a fairly well-off family. And he's very lucky in that. So you think everything's all roses until you realize that yeah, both his parents are gone out of 
and he's so young when this happens. Yeah, 14, I believe, was the age. Um, 17, yeah, four, yeah, 1758 to 72. Yeah, that's about 14 years old. That's tough. He actually had to stop going to school um, for a period and um, and take help take care of his siblings. Uh, fortunately, though, oh, sorry, when he was 16, when his, when his father fi- uh, passed away, finally passed away um when his father what an asshole (laughs) what a phrase um when his father ultimately passed away that's when he came home to support his younger brothers um because i believe his his sisters were the were older he he was one of five children by the way um but all and fortunately to help him with his uh with his furthering his education though um his maternal uncle Joseph Jones um, became a surrogate father to him and the siblings. He had a pretty good, um, he was decently well off, but he took care and, and, and helped make things a little bit easier uh, for the Monroes. Uh, he had went to, uh, he'd been sent away to college of uh, William and Mary right around the time of the revolution starting to uh, occur. All the acts, you know, that were starting to happen and, uh, very early on in 1776, he made a decision just, just, just bounce. He's, uh, he's like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I, I don't want to do college anymore. He actually stormed, um, the governor's palace, the governor of Virginia, this revolutionary, this, this rotten Yankee doodle. No, he's not even a Yankee. He's from the South, but, uh, <laughs> but this, this, uh, uh, this rebel, as the as the English would call him, um, and he ended up joining the uh, the the Continental Army, and he did really really well. He was very smart, uh, very capable under the battle uh, battlefield. He actually uh, ended up leading men, uh, and he actually took part uh, in this one major setback that almost killed him. Uh, he took part in a surprise attack on uh, at the Battle of Trenton on a bunch of Hessians who. Uh, were German mercenaries that the English hired, and they cleaned house. It was really, you know, it was it was a major battle. They cleaned house, uh, but Monroe was shot in the arm. Yeah, Monroe. it's pretty fascinating to, I mean, just the Revolutionary War on its own is fascinating in that if you just learning what led and leads to one thing, it leads to another thing, that leads to another thing. And like he's only what eighteen nineteen at this time, something like that, or up until seventy six. He's young. He would, he would be, I believe, eighteen. Yeah, he's young. I know he joins when he's a teenager, yeah. basically. And it's it's he gets shot in in the shoulder, and especially back then, you know, nowadays you hear somebody shot in the shoulder, your first thought was, "Women, I hope they're okay, right?" Because yeah. that seems like something that there's a good chance that you might be okay from it. Back then, getting shot anywhere uh, is not good because the medicine's nowhere near where it is now, and it could be a death sentence easily. See, it's it's weird though, because like, I mean, nobody dude, wants to get shot. Don't get me wrong. Please, no, don't no, me. I know, <laughs> I know. But dudes used to be like, yeah, I got you know, just walk around, just shot in the arm. Like yeah. people just walked around like that casually. Like Teddy Roosevelt's like, oh. I got shot in my chest, and this dude's like, you "That's know, a great he, Teddy Roosevelt." It's so good. He just kept I going. I got shot in the chest there. Yeah, <laughs> like my mustache. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how he did a Shaq Teddy Roosevelt combination there. That's what I do. Um, 
Yeah, he got shot in the arm. Shekavel. Shekavel. For Shekavel. Baby. <laughs> Welcome to the Shekavel Park. Uh, but it's not just a normal shot to the shoulder. This thing severs an artery. And he always well, yeah. out. And to think about, like, how, I don't even know how to, like, how do you even do that? And and like Johnny mentioned, medical, uh, the medical field was not all that great there. Medical advancement was not very advanced and it was very uh, archaic comparably to oh, what yeah. we have now. Top of the line back then, but yeah, it was bad. Um, so we got, he got shot and he almost uh, shot in the shoulder, severed an artery and nearly passed away. But um, Washington was so like uh, proud of him for his bravery because he, he it was pretty brave. I mean, one surviving and, and two being a part of this attack, doing a very good job that Washington promoted him as a captain. And uh, after he healed up, he went to uh, he returned to Virginia to try and recruit his own soldiers. He did so um, as much as he could. But uh, at this time, uh, money wasn't very well circulated. The Continental Army had issues paying soldiers a lot of soldiers yeah yeah, you got to think about this too we're fighting for our independence from britain and until that time we're dependent upon their currency really yep and we're trying to at the same time introduce it's like money is what's is basically worth what we think it's worth right and it's just so weird to try to introduce that and until these soldiers who are used to one way of things saying, hey, yeah, we're going to we have some trouble paying you. You got to going to do this for free. No. Yeah. Put your life it. on the line. Put your life on the line for free. Yeah. 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 Every starving that's artist. knows that. Every starving artist knows oh. almost what that's like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I wonder if they would put their lives on the line, uh, you know, if like they got to put their name out there. You know, that's. <laughs> Hey, bro, an artist, I want to come fight the Revolutionary War? We'll give you some nice exposure. Yeah. You want that exposure? <laughs> yeah. We'll I have pay- a lot of followers. We'll, be- <laughs> we'll pay an exposure, bro. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A side note, never do that, please. Never do that. If you're out yeah. there, never tell somebody you pay them an exposure. It's it's not good, and it's and it doesn't work ever. Yeah. You're awful if you do that to people. Uh, but a lot of, like, regiments back then, a lot of captains, generals, they try to pay people out of pocket. They try their best to take care of their soldiers. Uh, Monroe at this point, without his parents, with his uncle, who's doing well enough to take care of his you know, siblings and such, and has his own matters to attend to, he can't really afford to pay soldiers out of his own pocket. So he ends up, uh, um, he ends up getting returned to the front, and he fights and fights, and he's a part of everything. He spent, you know, he... The, the famous winter of Valley Forge. And yeah, he was it, there. Yep. He was. And, you know, so many important moments. He crossed paths with uh, the likes of, you know, Alexander Hamilton, who becomes a very, very important figure in early American history. Uh, important. But he also there, for, uh, also there for the crossing of the Delaware. I think he was part of that as well. He, yes, he was. Do you have anything yeah. in your digital notes about that? No. So go ahead. I just remember uh, reading that. He, uh, he was painted onto the crossing of the Delaware painting. He is in... oh, it's a very, it's a very famous painting. Yeah. If you are not aware of it, aware of it, just Google uh crossing the Delaware painting and you'll see it's, it's, beautiful. it's Washington standing up in a boat with other soldiers and they're going across 
the Delaware, the river Delaware. Yeah, he 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 wasn't. They said that the the the, the picture was uh, over dramatized for what it was. It was, you know, but obviously it's pro- it's almost propaganda in a way. But it's yeah. it's a really really great painting. But he is he is in Washington's boat in the crossing of the Delaware. He's also in several other pretty big paintings too um which yes. we'll mention if if you don't have them i don't want to take i i do dive into some in the digital okay. paintings i'll leave it, it. it yep yeah and if if you miss it i'll bring it up in the digital perfect perfect um but yeah so he uh they move on he's he ends up joining um he ends up actually uh you know after the after the war is over he become he enters uh the virginia house of delegates uh, which is an important thing. He's a part of the, the the basically the Continental Congress that's trying to pass the Declaration of Independence. The just basically the the whole the Constitution. Oh no, the Declaration of Independence is already done. The Constitution of the United States, and um, you know he he's getting just involved in 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 those politics. Uh, you know, invoked in that he was uh, he, he grew close to Thomas Jefferson. Uh, at this point at this point in time as well as uh as James Madison and uh he did he was in congress for a few years and then he decided to back off he furthered his edu- you know learning about law and then he eventually entered well he uh, he learns about law under Jefferson I'm pretty sure that is correct yep he yeah. was a big mentor to him huge right. mentor um they were kind of a click and it was so like it was very tough because right out of the gate, you know, all right, America reunified, and then there was division right away. And he was in the Jefferson camp, which kind of got ousted. And, and I'm not going to say ousted or pushed away, but um, they were, this is a little bit down the road, but with George Washington, but he stayed true to sticking with Thomas Jefferson. And it served him very well. That connection uh, did him very well. Uh so he left, obviously, you know, with the uh, it furthering on with law, and um, he eventually became a senator, a U.S. senator, and uh, yeah, things got wild. Uh, George Washington needed a lot of help overseas when it came to international diplomacy, uh, when it came to um, like a foreign, eh, what's the phrase for it? an ambassador, uh, a foreign minister, something like that. Uh, And Monroe, being a Jeffersonian, uh, who's Jefferson. So basically, to to, to preamble this, uh, Jefferson's side, the Republicans were French sympathizers. Uh, They they wanted positive relationship with the French, this and that. Alexander Hamilton and, and a lot of the people that ended up, ended up, in George Washington's inner circle were Federalists who were British sympathizers. Um, but he looked, you know, Washington remembering about Monroe, seeing that he's still bouncing around in the in the political world. Uh, it's like, hey, I need you to go to France because we're having issues with uh, our current guy. Uh, it, w- let's, let's try and get something done. Um Basically. Yeah, this is this is pretty wild in that if you think about it, during the Revolutionary War, we're fighting Britain, right? And then even then during the fight, there are still people in America who are uh 
who are for the British even then. And you know who helps us win the war? The French. Yeah, this we, is baffling. Yeah, we asked them to help us. We send over, I think it's like Benjamin Franklin even goes over there, right? And we're like, hey, can you please help us out? And during this time, especially, the French and British do not like each other. They are constantly fighting. There's all kinds of wars that are happening between these two. A lot of them on our side of the of the world that they'll fight over here, even before the Revolutionary War. And it's just pretty wild that even after all of that, there's a lot of division over which side that America wants to uh, be on. When really, at this time, we really should just be on our side. Because <laughs> we're just getting started. We're very young. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're babies. We're yes. babies. Yeah. They, they And they wanted to be neutral, and they try to appease everybody, but it was just this whole jockeying thing. But um but I, I never understood. Like, that was always a, a, a wild thing for me to uh, uh, to hear about and observe that you know that there was it was so divided like that. And but it was. Uh, but yeah, Monroe was sent over to France, and he wanted to help you know just establish a good relationship, keep a good oh, relationship. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> bag it. <laughs> I feel the towel. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he did great things. Um, he he met with, uh, he was just just let's keep it trade established. Let's you know let's 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 keep a good relationship. Um, there's a couple funny instances. Well, not funny. It wasn't funny for him, but um, where the English would uh. It, it, I believe it was John Jay, excuse me, uh, you know, would negotiate some kind of deal with the English that would help, you know, with uh, with something within the continental United States because the English still had a present there. And um, and Monroe had no idea. And he the French, it pissed off the French and, and Monroe is just taking it all like that. That's that's one of the tough things about being a diplomat is 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 that he was not informed obviously with how slow communication was back then. Um, wasn't good. Wasn't good. Um, and yeah, Washington just kind of didn't enjoy like what Monroe was his body of work, I guess he did well enough, but um, it just, it just wasn't working. So Washington, uh, he brought him back and, uh, and, yeah, eventually he takes on the role of uh, governor of Virginia. He does that from 1799 to 1802. And uh, during that time, he actually stops a uh, a rebellion that was intended to kill him, Gabriel's Rebellion. And this is actually a really big moment for um, James Monroe. Uh, we all know slavery is a horrible, horrible, horrible institution. Um. Oh, wait, no, is this the one before? No, here it was. Um, but this is a really bad, you know, institution. Uh, he, he, he granted somewhat of mercy with uh, when it came to, like, slave rebellions because it, it just, it would be a bad look. It would be a, just an awful look. And he did that um, with the help of Thomas Jefferson and uh, just tried to just, he tried to alleviate it. We'll get more into his, you know, his, 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 his view on slavery, um, you know, down the road, but 
he was all, you know, he was once Jefferson got into office, uh, obviously good things were, were going to happen for him. He was brought in and um, he was sent to, back to France where he actually had a very good relationship with Napoleon, uh, another character who I've been fascinated with. He was actually the subject of, I believe, our second or third episode um, yeah. that we did so many years ago, almost four years ago. And uh, and he played a major part in um, played a major part in negotiating the the Louisiana Purchase. Um, he was so clever. He realized that Napoleon was out for blood, out for war. Let's beat up everybody. But it also being around that, he found out that the French didn't have a lot of money. So he used that little navigation tactic and um, and actually inked helped ink the deal um, to get the Louisiana Purchase, doubling the size of the country, which was which was massive. He did such a good job; he was eventually moved to England. This dude bounced around for forever; like it's it's wild. I could not imagine living like that. You know, all right, you're done in France. Time to go live in England for whatever yeah and what's more wild too is from what i understood mostly he did take his family with him too doing this he did he was very fortunate to to do that because i don't think that happened with a lot of people but his family did travel with him it's probably rough on all of them really oh it's a tough life that's i mean that's that's insane especially when you're you're home you're 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 just your extended family um is thousands upon thousands of miles away in a very slow moving world you know, we're, it takes months to get back yeah. still across the ocean. It's not a good feeling, and so much can go wrong. Um, but, yeah, he really he bounced back a couple times, uh, you know, within those countries. But, um, but yeah, so he re- returned. He's, he's still involved in politics. He, he makes a run uh, trying to get the uh, nomination to, for president in 1808. But... Um, but James Madison kind of uh, uh, just kind of beat him out. He beat him out, which is, you know, his friend. It is what it is. You know, he's cool with that. And then eventually Madison became president. Um, he became a secretary of state and secretary of war throughout the uh, the entire the War of 1812, which is a very, very tough time. This was he, he was around really the undoing of the the, the Federalist Party that we mentioned Um too because because oh <laughs> the french never invaded right the french never invaded america so everybody yeah. started turning on the federalists and their and their pro um english you know partaking it was yeah, it, this it is kind of where the wigs up. start showing up is, a little bit yeah. yeah the wigs um yeah it's pretty much the wigs and the uh the democrat republican party that's what yeah. it becomes uh but yeah monroe was a big part of the, that administration and then came the election of 1816 this is his time to shine and uh madison was uh it madison obviously his two terms were up they all want to everybody wants to continue george washington's uh you know two-term policy and monroe is the heir apparent he's done such a good job you know leading um just helping lead the country through the war of 1812 which was some tragic times and uh he he won the the nomination of his party and he eventually won the presidential election. We'll, we'll, I'll go through his the the electoral results. 
uh, when we get to the match. Yeah, that, it's pretty wild. <laughs> Some very wild stuff that happens during that. Very, very one-sided. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very one-sided. He he cleans house and um, and he brings in uh the uh, the era of good feelings, which is a very important, I guess, peaceful, peaceful on the surface times yes. of of American history, where um, a lot of, I mean, prosperity, economically, um, technologically. Uh, just so, you know, there's so many more advancements, nothing really going on internationally, right? Where there's no, at least in his <laughs> first term, um, which usually seems to be what happened, right? The first term's like, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And the second term, things kind of get all wonky and wild, but his first term. Yeah, was yeah, it's, it's, it's called that era. And it's probably, a, if you're a president, it's probably one of the nicknames you would prefer is yes. something like that for sure. But as you're alluding to, there's a lot happening underneath the surface here. It's more like, a, you know, the old saying, the duck in the pond above, it looks so calm, but his feet are kicking like crazy yep. type of thing. And that's sort of what's happening with America at this time. It's, I mean, we got the War of 1812 that's happening. And uh, there's, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of. I mean, the never-ending uh, slavery dispute. The never-ending Sla- uh, yeah, slavery dispute. Slavery was a major dispute. You had Native Americans and, uh, you know, our relationships with them. You had, this, you know, the Mexicans, too, on top of that. I mean, all these factors are happening, and especially the slavery issue is major here. And, I mean, the 1800s, uh, it's a, I can't remember exactly when Britain and France finally did abolish slavery but it was before us and uh it's just like there's all kind if you're if you're a if you've looked into the civil war and you look into this era of monroe's presidency and i'm not saying it's his fault but he's the one who just happens to be president but there's a lot here that you can see is really starting to you can look at it and be like man there's there's a match it's wanting to be lit here type of thing it's gonna happen absolutely and and to be honest with you, reading George Washington's book, this was unfortunately always a thing. There was there was talks of secession right out of the gate. Like, oh, we're not yeah. signing the Constitution. We're not signing off on any of those. Uh, a lot of places did. And it became um, basically a, how far can I kick the can away from me? Uh, that's how yeah, a lot of the presidents <laughs> operated. Yeah, it's kind of it's also like a, you know, I've heard a lot of my friends who are parents tell me that when their kids are as they're growing up that they will act out sometimes kind of just to see what they can get away with yes type of thing and it's sort of similar in that aspect in a way no 100 percent is and uh and and yeah like people they you know the government is love it or hate it it's balanced for a reason so no you know one side gets too much belief and there's a lot of people who wanted to end slavery. They hated slavery. But um, in order to, I guess, keep your hand on the wheel and not do anything super dramatic, you know, they had to play the game a little bit, but but pick and pick and pick and, and, and try to try to knock this thing down. Monroe is actually really, really great. He um, he, he helped free slaves uh, escape. You know, he was a big part of that. Uh, he set up a colony in Africa 
um, to do that. That was one of his takes. He he hated the institution of slavery, although he came from a slave owning, um, you know, uh, background institution. It's, it's just one of those like just very very tough things where you know it's wrong, but you like you still go about it. It's 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 hard, and that's that's probably one of Monroe's. Like he was better about it than other presidents, no doubt. But that's also not saying a whole lot. Yeah the the issue of slavery is you know and we're nowhere near qualified, but it's just such a when you're talking about this era in American history, you just to not bring it up is not being honest about Correct. things because it's a major part of everything, and it's I mean it's it's in the fabric of america there whether we like it or not and hopefully we don't like it but it's it's just the fact that it it, with especially in the south you know uh, it's such an important part of of the uh, of the economy especially because it's you know that's how the south is making money yeah is, is with slave labor forcing people to do it and but there are stories of you know, I was telling you that I was watching this documentary on Ulysses S. Grant, right? And there's this, he, like, when he met his wife, he came from a family that were very strongly against slavery. Yes. His wife, however, they actually owned slaves. That's correct, yeah. So it's pretty wild. And at some point before, this is well before he becomes a president, I think this is actually before the Civil War, he actually struggled with it a lot. The fact that he uh, th- he had a personal slave, and he went and freed him. He actually went with the guy, signed the papers to free him. Yeah, uh, because he it just really bothered him so much. So uh, you will see that too. I'm we're not here to tell you that it's all you know great, awesome. Absolutely not. It's very very complicated, and. You know, um, this is coming from me, a Southerner. So, yeah, not always the best. Uh, that, but that's why history. That's why history is important. You got to be very honest about the stuff. You can't yes. just overlook something because you don't want to talk about it. Yes, stop erasing history to yes. protect feelings. Just stop. Yeah. Just, that's how that yeah. stuff comes back and happens again. Absolutely. You know, do not want that at all. No, not at all. Um, not at all. Well said, Johnny. Uh. Yeah, so his first, like, I mean, obviously there's, there's, you know, there's, there's decent stuff going on, but um, the Missouri Compromise is like the big first thing that happened, like, and it's towards the end of his first term, but it's like this, this massive deal. Uh, Missouri was trying to come into the union, and they wanted to keep the balance of slave and free states. So the compromise was that Missouri can come in as a slave state while Maine is added. As a as a free state, this kept the balance, and it also uh, prevented any new slave states um, from uh, appearing. I believe it was north; it would be north of Missouri, and I and I believe west of it. So yeah, anything there's added, like a line. There's, there's like an invisible line almost. Yes, that that they kind of put there. Yeah. Yes, and people. I think it was James Buchanan, like a rat got like eradicated it with the whole. Uh, Kansas Nebraska Act and all that stuff, that whole uh, bleeding Kansas, all that stuff. He, he eventually negated it, but for a while it was 
it stopped the bleeding again kicking the can down down the field which is Um, what a lot of this time of history is is just kicking that can down until 1861 happens it sure is it sure is um there was economic you know eventually there were some economic troubles towards the end of his first term but um but he did pretty pretty well uh he uh eventually uh also in that first term he he acquired florida for for the, the union that's that's important it has to be discussed too uh andrew jackson's kind of the culprit he's kind of a dick <laughs> he might be a top five dickhead president i don't know from what i hear he's <laughs> that's a mount rushmore top five dickhead presidents name him on the go like right now name him. um and andrew jackson's kind of one of them he uh he created a whole international situation he uh Seminole Indians were sorry Seminole Native Americans uh were attacking uh you know I believe it would have been Georgia Georgia area and Andrew Jackson's like nope had enough of it uh he found out that the English were that English soldiers in Florida who were um tight with Spain really close to Spain and Spain didn't really govern their territory um a whole lot well so England kind of just did whatever they wanted um, they were encouraging the Seminoles to do it. So Andrew Jackson came down and just just cleaned house uh, and just just whooped whooped up a bunch of English people, and um, and through that uh, we accidentally acquired Florida. <laughs> Spain's like, ah, here you go. You know, we don't they don't manage it. They they really weren't running it well at all. Spain was kind of in political turmoil at that time, anyways. Um. And that's how America got its penis. That's was, <laughs> basically was that, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it did. And that's that's yes. how uh, the long road to one of the greatest eighty shows of all time, Miami Vice, yes, <laughs> and the cocaine industry, yeah. top, um, five, top five TV car, <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Monroe was so popular that. This man is the, uh, I'm not going to go into the detail of it, but he ran unopposed and is, is seeking of a second election. Unopposed. Yeah. Think about that. That's only ever happened twice in yes. our history that a president went with nobody running against him. Obviously, the first was Washington. Yep. And then and Monroe. And that's, and then Monroe. And that's, that's been it. it. Uber popular um, and, 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 and did really well, was reelected. And his second term was a little bit lackluster for the most part. However, um, one of the biggest, uh, one of his biggest legacies uh, came about at this time, the Monroe Doctrine, which, um, which was born out of, uh, it started off with a deal with basically with Russian Britain over in the Northwest territory. Um, It kind of started off with those ideologies and you know, or just, just, just they they wanted to keep Europe out is basically what happened. Like they wanted to keep Europe out. You stay on your side. That's your sphere of influence. You have what you got going on. We're announcing ourselves as a major presence on the world stage. This is our sphere of influence. And it was actually really, really big because uh, the Age of Revolution was still happening, inspired by the American Revolution. A lot of South American countries were rebelling against Spain and France and booting them out and Monroe, um, you know, Monroe officially recognized those places as their own independent countries, which is, 
um, you know, which is a big deal just to, to say that you recognize, you acknowledge that this country is its own. Um, that country. was a part of our deal with Britain when we ended the revolution was you're going to recognize America as a country now. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's still some places that don't like acknowledge other places, you know, uh, existence. Yeah. And oh, it's, yeah. That's oh, yeah. super weird. It's super weird. Um, but he did. And it was huge. I believe. Uh, uh, let's see. Argentina, Peru, Colombia, Chile uh, and Mexico were all recognized. And um, yeah, he he, annou- he announced it and it was just uh, it was massive. Um, it was just massive for, for um, his legacy. And uh, it's been used many times throughout uh, uh, over the years. I th- it, the most recent one I can recollect is John F. Kennedy referencing the Monroe Doctrine during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, there might have been other instances, but um, there was that. But all in all, um, Monroe had a had a pretty good presidency, one that kind of fell through the cracks. And um, he was the last he was the last of the old again, the last of the old guard, last of the Virginia dynasty, last one to do um, basically that style, that like suit style that they used yeah, to have. He was, he was legit the last president to have the revolutionary style of clothing to wear that type of clothing he sure was uh he sure was so uh yeah definite throwback but the world had almost grown to buy it a little bit um his wife elizabeth died in 1830 she was a sickly woman unfortunately and, and she had many incidents over the years but um she passed away then and then a year later um in 1831 on the 4th of July, no less, the third president for that to happen, yeah. um, which is ironic. Three of the top, uh, the first five presidents, founding fathers dying on 4th of July. Uh, he passed away at age 73 of heart failure and tuberculosis. Yeah, so, and the other two being John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, and they actually passed away on the same day. Same exact day. Yeah. That's like, that's crazy. Like bitter, like political rivals. And there was respect there, though. There's like oh, one hundred percent respect. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, that is that is wild to think about, though. Literally, you know, when just even just early presidents to die on Fourth of July is just pretty wild to think about. But that's what happened, no doubt. So, um, so there it is, everybody. That is the history of uh, James Monroe. Let us head on over to a brief but interesting Matt stats. So uh, to kick this off, actually, I got it up right here. Five states were officially admitted to the union um, during his presidency. Florida, from what I understand, it might have they had the territory, but it wasn't a state, right. which is something that is still pretty commonplace. Like, um, I think Puerto Rico is technically yep. a U.S thing and there is it guam is as well right guam yes yes that's that's out in the wet that's in the pacific 
Um, they have it, but it's not officially like a state. And Florida would eventually become a state, but um, they had acquired the territory. But uh, Mississippi, Illinois, Alabama, Maine, and Missouri uh, were all added into the Union uh, during his presidency. Uh, his public office. All right. So his run is uh, delegate from Virginia in 1783 to 1786. Uh, U.S. Senator from Virginia, seven, November 9th, 1790 to May 27th, 1794. The fifth U.S. minister to France. He was there from uh, August 15th, 1794 to December 9th, 1796. He was the fourth minister, uh, U.S. minister of the United Kingdom. He was there for four years, um, August 17th, 1803 to October 7th, 1807. Uh, the 12th and 6th governor of Virginia. Uh, his first tenure from December 28th, 1799 to December 1st, 1802. And his second one, uh, three months January 16th, 1811 to April 2nd, 1811. Basically what happened with that was um, he was called to uh, to, to use by, this would have been uh, Madison at that time. So um, he would have utilized him in some form or fashion. Uh, eighth United States Secretary of War from September 27th, 1814 to March 2nd, 1815. Um, seventh U.S. Secretary of State from 18, April 6th, 1811 to March 4th, 1817, and President of the United States from March 4th, 1817 to March 4th, 1825. Um, I did have, let's see, some other stats up here. Okay, his elections. If this damn page loads, I am not having another wrestling episode here. Let's <laughs> not do this today. All right, here we go. The election of 1816. James Monroe, uh, the leading candidate of the Democratic Republican Party, ran against Rufus King uh, of the Federalist Party. I believe Rufus King was a governor of New York. What a name. Great name. Great hair, by the way. I don't know oh, if you yeah. want to look it up. Yes. It's tremendous. Yep. Um, yeah, he whooped up. Uh, 183, 183 electoral college votes to 34. And there was four for... Um, four for other ones. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, he only lost Massachusetts. So I'm sorry, King. Uh, King won Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Delaware, and um, and Monroe won Louisiana, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, Indiana, Ohio, PA, um, Rhode Island, New Jersey. Maryland, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire. So um, did a lot of good there. Did a lot of good there. Um, yeah, very, very one-sided. And then in the second election, the 1820 election, as we said, it was very one-sided. Um, there was James Monroe basically ran. He was unopposed, but. John Quincy Adams has one electoral vote against him, which is weird. Um, not weird. Well, it's a little strange, but he, he's he's unopposed. Jason Rowe uh, received 231 electoral votes, and John Quincy Adams had one. I'm trying to see 
it's so weird. I don't, I don't even know how this works. It's like partly in New Hampshire, partly in Connecticut, like the, where they show the electoral college map, um, which is strange. Yeah, but- it's basically there's like a, there's like one person who's like, I'm not going to do this. Right. And I think the way that the, the, they did things back then, too, um, I don't even know if they changed it at this. They probably changed it at this point yeah. about the 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 overall winner being president, the second place person being vice president. I'm pretty sure it's changed by then, but that's how John Adams and Thomas Jefferson got to be, you know, yeah. were, were a president vice. Not good. Not good. Um. Oh, oh, there's some cool facts about all these. I didn't realize this is website 270 to win. Um. Okay, yeah, but row one, every state, one elector selected M's, so the result was not unanimous. One elector each from Mississippi, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee died, and those votes were not cast. Oh, that's why there's three other. Okay, that's cool. I mean, unfortunate, but it's cool to see that. Um, yeah, one elector from New Hampshire. That's what it was. New Hampshire voted for, for Monroe. So uh, so that is James Monroe uh, in, in statistics. Let's go on over to Johnny's Did You Know? James Monroe was the first president whose inauguration was actually outdoors. Before then, that didn't happen, but after that, it's it happened outdoors and continues to do so. Uh, but he was the first one to do that. He's also the only president. Well, actually, there's two presidents whose who's have countries with capitals named after them. One of them, of course, is Washington, which name after Washington that's here but uh there's a uh, in Liberia uh Monrovia is named after James Monroe and that's the only president to have a a foreign country with the capital named after him yeah that's pretty wild pretty wild stuff Uh, and let's talk about the constitution you kind of hinted at it a little bit though obviously he would eventually support it at the beginning he was he wasn't all for it. He kind of thought that the Bill of Rights weren't near as strong as that they should be, and he wanted to make them a lot stronger than what they were. So originally he was like, hey, we can, we need to work on this kind of thing. And this is another one that I actually found very interesting. George Washington and Alexander Hamilton, very, very famous people, uh, but uh, James Monroe kind of didn't care for them very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, he loved George, but Alexander Hamilton was uh, not a fan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he did like George, but George also didn't like him. <laughs> they, they had a very complicated relationship for sure. Yeah, because obviously George saw something in Monroe at the beginning. To I mean, even to help get him up in the army, that type of deal, he knew that there was something there, and to send him to France, which was a very important yeah. position, really. So there was a lot of respect there, but. Uh, you can actually find in a lot of writings and stuff that James Monroe was like, he didn't 
overall. Like, there's a lot of times that he wasn't a fan of either man. <laughs> yeah, fun fact, James Monroe. Uh, I'm sorry. This is my favorite dude, so I got to drop this. Go ahead. Um, he inadvertently exposed uh, Alexander Hamilton uh, affair. Yes. Yeah. Real yes, bad. which is which is a big thing that sort of leads to that very famous duel in a way. So but yeah, the Aaron Burr duel, and yeah. I, I did read in the book that he eventually, like later on in his life, in the late I think eighteen twenties, like after his presidency, um, he went to go visit Alexander Hamilton's wife, and she she cursed away. She was not having it. She still hated him after all those years. I can't blame her. No, no. <laughs> I mean, she should be mad at her husband too, but yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, speaking of James Monroe and his wife, uh, while they were actually in France, they were not only friends with Napoleon, they actually went to his coronation. Mm-hmm. They were there for that. So that's, that's also key to these things is it's all about, uh, and this is actually true in politics in general. It's way more about the relationships you make. So that way people are more than likely to scratch your back when it needs to be scratched. He was tough. Yeah, he's actually, uh, I don't know if you had, I hope you didn't have this, but he's in the Coronation of Napoleon painting. Oh, I didn't know he was in the painting. That's cool. He's in the painting too. So he's in like two iconic paintings, yeah. like nationally, rec- like internationally recognized paintings. <laughs> they have him hiding um, in like a corner. And, um, and they say, again, it's not historically accurate, but he was there. He was um, definitely, him and his wife were there. Just yeah. like, Wild for me because these are two of my favorite political figures in world yeah. history or history figures, and they had a, like they were on a you wouldn't think they interacted with each other, but they were on like a first name basis. They were yeah. close, and they had good conversations about you know it just I mean, politics is weird, man. It, like it, <laughs> it's so it makes, weird. What's that saying? It makes some strange bedfellows. Yeah, you know, it's just how the saying goes. Yeah, and he'd be like, you know, like I don't know, like I'm trying to think of like a comparison, but. You know, Napoleon would joke with him about about America being tight with the British or something like that. All oh, those stinky British bastards. So you just make a comment yeah. like that, and it was just like they're joking about it. But but Napoleon has to bring this straight, this strong, brave front. Like, no, screw the British to his people. It's so weird, so weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Monroe was actually also the first president to travel via the steamboat. He's the first one that got to do that. And let's get into the uh, the pictures of James Monroe. He's the last president who actually doesn't have an actual photograph of him. Correct, yep. Uh, they, it, the technology for that really hits after his presidency. So before that, and they obviously they still do this, but before that, the paintings were, that's why they were such a big deal. Uh, that's how you actually knew how who any of these people looked like, was their paintings and drawings. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have any idea whatsoever. And what's even more wild when we're talking about famous paintings, the one of his presidential portraits who was actually created by none other than Samuel Morse. That last name is familiar to some because he happens to be the person who invented the Morse code. How cool. And he is actually that? did a couple of very famous presidential paintings. He did his, I think he did one of Washington's if I'm thinking right. And a couple other ones too. So he was a painter and, uh, an inventor at that time. It's pretty interesting. That's fascinating to me. Man, you'd be worth like we talk about all these celebrities and like their net worth, and it's like, man, that dude's got to be worth a bunch. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you got to realize this is the, I mean, the Morse code really opens up being able to communicate long distances. Yes. So uh, it was, I just it tried was it for the first time. We did the Titanic museum down in, uh, down in Tennessee. Oh, wow. I, yeah. they, they're like, Oh, try out, uh, try out Morse codes, S- send your name or send a message. Yeah. Isn't it where you would think the Titanic museum would be in Tennessee? I mean, that's my first. <laughs> I do. I have no idea why the hell it was there, but they had so much. It was the goofiest <laughs> thing I've ever, like, it was a really nice museum. They had a lot it's, of like, original stuff. It's really cool, but it's but just so Tennessee wild that it's, that's where it's at. Titanic have no yeah. connection at all. Yeah. It's no in connection. the, it's around Gatlinburg, right? I You're think. in Gatlinburg. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 10 minutes wild. from our hotel. Unbelievable. <laughs> Blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gatlinburg is actually a very fascinating place with all the stuff it has. I love Gatlinburg. Love it's Gatlinburg. very interesting. And considering that it was on fire not that long ago, it's pretty wild how much they've uh, come through that. Because that was where those bad wildfires were at one point. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Did You Know of James Monroe. Let's get to where uh, James Monroe stands in today's pop culture. Monroe is one of the very few people, things that we discuss on the show that I think um, he's saved by the fact that he was a president of the United States, that his name is etched in history forever. However, he's also going to be the one where uh, he's one of the few that people have never heard of. Uh, Very few people have ever heard of. I mentioned the big ones earlier. Right, everybody. Or, knows or if they people. have heard of them, they don't know very much about them. Cor- correct. You know, I, uh, you know, the people go to the Hall of Presidents at Disney World all the time, and they hear these presidents, see their names, and they're like, "Oh, it's that guy." Yeah, yeah. You know, James Monroe. What a what a vanilla. You know, what a vanilla name. What a boring name. Probably people think and he's just like a nothing president because he, you know, he wasn't one of the big, the the big name ones, but, um. But he's, he had a, you know, again, a very important legacy. His legacy, uh, you know, the Monroe Doctrine, great, one of the greatest foreign policy things, you know, uh, uh, foreign policies in American history. It really helped America be able to focus on itself and its own interests instead of getting tied up in European affairs, um, you know, which was a, a big, it was annoying. You know, every time you try to get, get, get moving and, and progress yourself, oh. Russia's trying to Russia wants this place or England wants this place or France wants this place or Spain or the, uh, you know, the, um, project. it's like, you know, just leave us alone, stay in your spot. We'll stay in ours. But with the way that the world is so entangled now, and it's, it's been rendered almost moot. I think it holds up because, Oh, it's ironic enough because the U.S. We only invade other places, but we don't want other places to invade our hemisphere. 
wild how that works. Like yeah. <laughs> complete yeah. opposite. Uh, you know, just complete opposite. I just I I man, but that's how interconnected the world is. So it's been kind of rather moot, but the thing that's gonna keep Monroe's, you know, name and legacy alive is again, history books and um and those people who are curious about the lesser known, about those uh those underdog presence yep. those those you know the the not main level presence those people who dive into curiosity there because and yeah. there's so many the mckinley's of presidents yeah yes there, there's so many as i mentioned calvin coolidge i read his biography it was great there's uh we're reading grant grant's kind of like a i would say like a b or an a but there's a lot of great you know solid ones in the in the early you know uh early early 1900s and and in those late 1800s uh, that are in well, I guess throughout the whole history of the United States that are forgotten. You know, one one term presidents. You know, uh, like a like a James K. Polk, who yeah. who came in said he was only going to do his term, and he did. He accomplished everything in his term. The only president to do everything he promised and bounced. You know, that's a forgotten guy. He's a forgotten president. Because he's just not talked about it. Yeah. Enough. How would you like to be tapped and you're literally on and on because you got stuck in a bathtub? <laughs> Allegedly, but still. Alleg- yeah. It's not even real. Like, it's just because he was a big dude. That's what he's known for. Yeah. 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 You know, there's a, I mean, a lot of really, it, it's U.S. president history, presidential history is so fun. If you can strip away your ego, um, don't look to be offended. You can find so much interesting history. And, and and U.S. presidents, it's all right here, uh, and that that's something that I've been very you know very proud that I can I'm collecting these just just books and biographies all the time, yeah. and I'm learning so much more about these people, about where their heads were at, you know, during the slavery debates and during these times of crisis, I'm learning about them way more than I ever did in a condensed, quick high school textbook. Yeah. Yeah, and I I kind of brought this up to you in one of our chats, but you know I've complained a lot, deservedly so, about the History Channel. But yes, you can actually they actually do have it's like five bucks a month, and you can get a week free of their. They have a whole uh, channel that's just their historical documentary stuff, and it is fantastic. I've been that's what I've been binging here is that in Muppets Mayhem <laughs> the two things I've been binging obviously very related to each other so uh, yeah um, highly highly recommend it but you're right James Monroe is really helped by the fact that he was that he did become president I think if it wasn't for that his name really would be completely lost almost to history which is sad because even if you take away the presidency he did quite a freaking lot yeah uh, I mean he served uh Politically, for like what? What was it, like forty years or something like that? Some I astronomical. Think technically, fifty years. I think he had yeah. over fifty years of public service. Yeah, and that's pretty incredible, you know. Yeah. So even even if you take out the presidency part of it, he's still. I mean, even good God. I mean, think about it. He's eighteen, and he goes to war. He gets shot, almost gets killed. You know, he's there for the that terrible winter. You yeah. know, with the other soldiers, and then he's there in the crossing of the of the Delaware. I mean, just all kinds of, what a fascinating life he, he that he had. So I do think he's one of those that sort of gets lost to 
time, but he was a president. So anytime anybody talks about the history of presidents, at least his name's going to come up. So yeah. he does have that going for him. But you're right. When it comes to that era, especially, he's most certainly he's like right. You remember when uh, in the Marvel movies when Iron Man got his own movie and people were like, and if you knew comic books about like, Iron Man, he's like a C level yeah hero. But now he's A level basically. He's when everybody knows because those movies. But James Monroe, I would guarantee you, a lot of people would think he's like a C level president. But if you yeah. really, but yeah. if you really look into him, I mean, I'm just basing it on like uh, right, right knowledge level and popularity and that yeah. type of thing. But if you look into him, it, it, there's so much more there, you know, yeah. so much more there. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I I'm glad that he did become president, so we can actually learn more about him. Because I am afraid that if he didn't, that is, he would have been one of those sort of footnotes in history instead of actually getting to have his own chapter. Yeah, hundred percent. Well said, my man. I'm glad we got to do this today. This was fun. I, I I'm I, I don't get to talk about my favorite historical figures often. I try to shoehorn it in as much as I can. So I'm glad you and I got to finally do yeah. it. Um, yeah, I can't believe you do that. It's like I, you know, I never bring up Abraham Lincoln. Never. Never. Ever. <laughs> never ever. would. Never ever. <laughs> uh so there it is, everybody. James Monroe. Of course, if you want to learn more, uh there's obviously the biography, but don't don't get the Tim McGraw version. Get the Tim McGrath version. Um, Wikipedia, tons of documentaries. Uh, now, if Tim McGraw was to put out a, like a concept album all about James Monroe's life. <laughs> all right, I, I'd be into that. I'd be a little, I'd be a little into that. Uh, but Johnny has choice next time when we uh, when we reconvene. Johnny, my friend, what? Uh, who are we talking about uh, for next next time? I'm going to take us to the Wild West, and we're going to talk about a man who's a legend and mystique is pretty incredible, and we're going to try to see if we can find the real person there. We're going to talk about Billy the Kid. I love it. I Western stuff, when I was younger, didn't fascinate me, but as I got older and I played Red Dead Revolver, uh, yeah. I was like, man, I love the old West. I love this stuff. So there's it's, a lot. Of, there's a lot. It's of a good... fascinating era uh, yeah. of of legends left and right, and outlaws and all kinds of stuff. And he's kind of both. Uh, a very, also another complicated figure. So yes, I would agree. So man, I'm looking forward to it, Johnny. That's going to be a great one, listeners. We thank you for your support as always, and um, and. Uh, Stay out of our hemisphere and our sphere of influence. Unless you want to come visit, then you can yeah. totally come visit. Yeah. Oh, oh, but don't invade us, you European pieces of trash. You I can't mean, invade I... us because you ain't us. 